Blog Talk Radio.
Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. One of the most important things, because the subconscious mind uh, really has fundamental programs of life that we acquire from our parents, our family, our community, uh, between uh, the last trimester of pregnancy and the first seven years. So this is why nature created the first seven years of a child's life to download how to be a member of a family and a society and a culture by strictly observing other people. It's actually a brain function. It's a equivalent of hypnosis. Yes. Okay. So the fundamental programs your subconscious are not yours. The conscious mind is yours. That's the creative mind. Well, the issue is that the conscious mind uh, can travel in time. What are you doing next week? Yeah. Your mind lets go of the moment, goes to the next week. What did you do last week? Let's go of the moment, and you move into last week. Or I say, Ty, think of something in your head. Uh, and the moment you're thinking, you're not paying attention. Well, this is what the function of the subconscious comes in. When you're not paying attention, you go to autopilot. So it's not like you're walking down the street and you have a thought and then stop. Like that. No, you continue walking. Yeah, but you're not paying attention. So it's a subconscious that does all the jobs from walking to driving the car. Uh, and so why is this relevant? Because when we're not paying attention and we default to the subconscious, we, start, we play the programs that are in the subconscious. And then I go, yeah, but the programs in the subconscious are primarily not yours. They came from other people. The, the, and most of them, as psychologists tell us, most of the programs we get are disempowering, self-sabotaging, and limiting. Yes. And the relevance about that is this. If I'm going to play those programs, then I'm, by definition, I'm going to be shooting myself in the foot. The reason why you play the subconscious programs is because the conscious mind's engaged with thinking, which is 95% of the time or more. And that means 95% of your behavior is invisible to you. And why I really wanted to emphasize this so much is this, because we believe we're victims. Oh, you know, I really wanted to be successful. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to have a great relationship, and it's not working out. Yeah. And then you say, well, that was my intention. And it's not working, so therefore the world's against me. And then we go into victims like, God, I really wanted it and it didn't happen. And I just wanted people to wake up because it basically is this. It's not the world against you at all. The world will give you everything. The issue is you're not operating from your conscious mind except 5% at the most. And so your life is really a reflection of your subconscious programming. Now you say to me, well, I got programmed from the last trimester of pregnancy, first seven years, so I was being programmed when I was one and two and three, and I go, absolutely. And you say, but what, what were the programs? I wasn't there. I have no idea what the hell the programs are. And I go, here's the neat part. 95% of your life is coming from the subconscious. So all you have to do is look at your life and just look at it and say, for what? I say, what comes to you that you want and it comes to you easily, you have programs to allow that to happen. But what you struggle with, what you work hard on, what you, you have to put a lot of effort into, why are you working so hard? And the answer is simple, because you have an invisible program that is sabotaging you from that point. So now all of a sudden you say, well, what do I need to change? I say, well, look at your life yes. and tell me what you're having trouble with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's the, the, the direct expression of a program that's not supporting you. There's always been a belief that the conscious and the subconscious minds are one and the same. So if I educate my conscious mind, then my subconscious mind should automatically know what the heck I just did. Yeah. Right? So then I say, well, yeah, guess what? How many self-help books did you read? And I go, oh, I read all these self-help books. I say, now that you read them, did your life change? And the answer is, no, not really. 
but I'm really smart because if you ask me any questions about the self-help book, I can answer it. I say, well, what's the issue? And the issue is this. The conscious mind is creative. So, yeah, I could read the book. I could watch this video with you in it. I could uh, even just go, aha, and the conscious mind could accept that and learn it. But the subconscious mind does not learn that way. And that has been the problem because we educate the conscious mind to get really smart and our life stays exactly the same as it is. And the issue is why? Because it doesn't translate from the conscious to the subconscious. Because the subconscious learns in, well, three to four fundamental ways. Number one, the first way it learned seven years was hypnosis because the brain was operating at a low vibrational frequency and just downloading what it saw. After you're seven, how do you learn? Habituation. How'd you learn the ABCs or the times table? You had to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and finally you got it and then you know how to do it. You want to drive a car? You have to practice and practice and then you learn how to do it. So if you want to change the subconscious mind, hypnosis is number one, that works. Uh, number two, repetition, habituation, yes. create a habit. And at first it seems like a struggle because it's new to the subconscious mind, but hey, you didn't learn ABCD the first time you said it, you know, you That's had to right. do it again and again. But after you do it for a repetition period, it will be so natural that if you're not doing it, your subconscious mind go, hey, what's happening? We're not doing it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's really good. We overcome that. Um, a third way, which is um, very, uh, some people get in, it, it's very powerful, but I wouldn't recommend it, is tremendous emotional shock. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Something happens in your life and it's so dramatic that after that moment, you're not going to be the same person. The subconscious got, got it right there, okay? Yeah. And the newer one and the better one is um, a whole new field of uh, uh, belief change modalities, which are also associated with what's called energy psychology. Yes. Uh, and these are wonderful uh, because basically uh, it's a form of super learning. And what's neat about it, the conventional things like hypnosis or habituation, there's a time element that takes a long time. Yeah. But these new belief change modalities, uh, like a super learning experience, you can change a belief you've had your whole life, 50 years, and change it in 10 minutes. Yeah. And so this is really, it's really, it's a new type of psychology that's coming in, but it's really necessary because, as they say, uh, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yep. We're running into a world that has a lot of necessity to change very, very quickly. So uh, we're really happy to see that there are ways of changing without going through all that anxiety and stress so we can do it really quickly. My favorite one is the one that I use because I'm the most familiar with it, but there's yeah. many of them in my books. I give a whole list, but yeah. the one I, I use is called Psych-K, like the abbreviation of psychology. Yeah. It actually represents psychological kinesiology. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's an exercise where you, you get your right and your left brain hemispheres to work in harmony, which they don't do on a normal day-by-day -day basis. And when you get them to work in harmony, that's called brain synchronization, a window sort of opens up and you can drop in a new belief in five minutes. You know, it's really fun because you say, well, what if you can release these programs? And that's uh, the story of the matrix where I say, well, I take the red pill, I get out of the program. And I say, yeah, but in real life, every time we've taken that red pill, I say, what's the red pill in real life? And the answer is falling in love. Falling in love with the person or falling in love with a, uh, your creativity or whatever it is, falling in love. Because when you fall in love, what you're doing is so captivating and so engrossing and so desirable, you don't let your conscious mind wander. So the first time in your life, your conscious mind's staying present. And I said, well, why is that important? Conscious mind, wishes, desires, and aspirations. If you're operating from that mind, you manifest your wishes and desires. So my conclusion for all of this blah, blah, blah that I'm giving you is simply this. What if you go into the subconscious mind and change the programs in the subconscious mind so they reflect 
the wishes and desires of your conscious mind. What would that mean? And I tell you what it means. You'll live in a honeymoon for every day of your life on this planet for a simple reason. Yeah. If my conscious mind with wishes and desires begins to wander and I default into the subconscious and is playing my wishes and desires, I never left the honeymoon. Most people's stresses are not real uh, immediate emergency stresses at all. They're beliefs of a fear uh, that they won't have something, they won't have a job, they won't have food, they won't have a friend. Uh, and it's not that they don't have them right now, they're thinking about, oh, that happens! And that's where the stress comes from, and that's why 90% of the people are in fear because they, they recognize that their future is uncertain, but rather than seeing it in a positive way, they, they have a, a, you know, this image of a negative work, thing. Work it all out. And, uh, and, yeah. and it's really interesting because, remember, when you fall in love and you get out of the programming, you create heaven on earth. Well, if it wasn't for the programming, everybody would have heaven on earth. Yes. So if we can change the programming, then heaven on earth is available. Another picture, look at the so-called Egyptian, the African of Kemet and his and her culture, laced with gold, laced with silver and precious stone. The point I'm making is that you're from a rich culture, a rich past. <laughs> into your mind, body, and soul. Somehow we have bought into a shoebox full of fallacies, and one of them is that it's all right to be poor. Whenever you see people prospering, always rejoice and bless them in your heart. Always do that. And you see, you magnetize yourself for that good when you bless other people. But you know, if you have a jealous spirit, oh, look at that. Why should they have that when I've got so little? Yeah, because you're you work, you operate your mouth against yourself. That's why. There's a verse of scripture also said that says, Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth. You know, the mouth can be a dangerous thing until you learn how to operate it positively. <laughs> Some people are like a prosecuting attorney against themselves. Every time you think of something good, you talk yourself out of it. Yeah, but I know, I just know, I, I sure wish. No, but I can't. But oh, I sh Lord, I sure wish. Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth. Don't do that. That, that stems from your grand perennial roots and, and my perennial roots. <laughs> 
remarks that I heard so persistently was that all I want is just enough to get back. And then the ones that my generation used was, how's it going, man? I made it. I made it. Now, that's another thing, and I want to warn you about this. You know, a lot of people are good at visualizing things for other people. Yeah, that's for Rockefeller. <laughs> that's for those rich people. You'll pass by those mansions in Bel Air and Beverly Hills that look at this where the rich people live. Look, look at that. That's for them. And you're really telling yourself, well, that's for them. I see them with it, but I don't see myself with it. Me. Making what? <laughs> the standstill syndrome of hold on has been the banner of black America since we were imprisoned in this country and culture. Survival was of the utmost importance. Just to live through was the theme of survival for the captured Africans. Okay, if you can see it for other people, why can't you see it for yourself? I taught people to do this. Here's a little technique. That whenever you see people being, doing, and having good, always be glad for them. Always rejoice for them. And, you know, say good things about them in your mind. I said, look at that old rich so-and-so. The Bible says, curse not the rich. Reverend Ike says, if you curse the rich, you'll never be one of us. <laughs> <laughs> it became a fixed mechanism in the pseudo-culture that the African was developing in this, quote, foreign land, unquote. How to survive, the need to survive, the whole syndrome of survival is a slave mentality syndrome. I remember some years ago, I uh, drove up to our place up in the mountains in, in Monterey overlooking the, the ocean and my custodian at that time was a very fine gentleman who met me outside and he saw that brand new mink silver gray and blue Rolls Royce Corniche. And he said to me, he says, oh Reverend Ike, he said, I saw this car in my visualization the other day. <laughs> I say, yeah, but you made one mistake. You didn't see yourself with it. <laughs> so I got it. Prosperity is the correct concept for the African, where most of the wealth of the planet has been drawn from. Most of the gold most of the silver, most of the diamonds, rubies, emeralds, pearls, Africa, that says the land from which we adhere is a rich land, a land flowing with milk and honey, that God's so-called chosen were sent to that land as a promised land. And when you decide it, you've got to do what? Believe it. Another picture. Look at the so-called Egyptian, the African, 
of Kemet and his and her culture laced with gold, laced with silver and precious stones. The point I'm making is that you're from a rich culture, a rich past. It's back here, the idea to be rich, to be prosperous, to be well-to-do. Okay? The illusion of poverty is just that. It is an illusion. In this teaching, that would indicate, yes, law, meaning that you have an affirmative attitude toward the law which works to bring you to the demonstration of the good that you believe. In this cycle we are in of high dispensation that includes wealth. You're supposed to get back something. Surely God is able. Say that. Say it again. The third time. And I like to make it so very personal and say it this way. Surely God in me is able. Say it again. Spiritual prosperity includes material prosperity. It includes mental prosperity. It doesn't exclude anything. The masters who presented themselves to a given people renounced material materiality because they were demonstrating spirituality. They didn't need to harness and stack up anything. They could have anything they wanted when they wanted it. When you believe Nothing is impossible. So you got to believe. That's real prosperity consciousness. To have what you need and want when you need it and when you want it. It is not having a large bank account. Because the bank owner might go off with your money. <laughs> In your consciousness. That's where prosperity is. See it! Let's hear it! See it! This deals with visualization. We're not listening to whom we're supposed to be listening to. We're listening to the things that worry and trouble us. The things that confuse us. Occupy much of our minds. There's an answer for every question. There's a solution to every problem. Where is it? Inside. It is important that you learn how to work in the theater of your mind. And I want to leave that term with you. Say, the theater of my mind. There's no more God out here than there is in there. Now, I'm going to tell you something important because, see, somehow we don't think we're supposed to get rich unless we work and save our money. And that's a practical, good way to do so. And, and I'm not going to knock that. You know, you know it, 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 
much as I dislike eight hours a day, it's practical and it's significant and it gives a, a sense of purpose and direction. Wealth is given. It is not earned. I now enter into the theater of my mind and look upon the stage of my imagination. See, you've got it set there. And, you, and then I will say, I see myself. And then you describe yourself as you wish to be. So repeat this after me. I now look upon, I now enter the theater of my mind. And look upon the stage of my imagination. And I see myself as I wish to be. While we sit here, somebody's getting rich. And I want you to think about that instead of about somebody tricking you out of your check. Money is an idea. How many ideas can you contain? What is it that brings you your good? Oh, there I am. Look how healthy I am. Look how happy I am. Listen to the way I'm laughing. I'm just the exact weight that I want to be. Look at that. My dimensions are as I would have them to be. Just look at me. And look at all that money around. What are you passionate about? What is it that you really love with all your feelings? Can you transfer that to money? Yes, you can, if you want to. So learn how to see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Enter the theater of your mind. Look upon the stage of your imagination and see yourself. And it's important that you see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Systematically, this man kept trying to destroy everything that something was giving him. He was doing it to himself, not the white boy. He was doing it to himself. Very good. The power of the word, spoken word. And we need to control that faculty. Huh? Because we take words and throw them like daggers. And they get results. Yes, you got to see it. You remember Flip Wilson, the comic, who used to say, what you see is what you get. That's true. And the man who said to me, well, Reverend, I got saw this Rolls Royce carnation in my visualization. He made the mistake. He didn't see himself with it. So, also, when you see people with good, always say also, and when you pass those sign home sign cards, people are looking good, say, that's for me. Let me hear you say it. Say it again. See, bless it, bless them, and say, that's for me. That means that you include yourself in that idea of good.
Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. Hello? Okay, good. So as the chemicals of emotion wane, the cells will go into a period of chemical withdrawal. This will stimulate the brain to produce more molecules of emotion, and the cells will carry out the corresponding behavior to concentrate the chemicals in the tissues. This is known as emotionalism, which creates drama. No, I'm serious. You have to understand that drama is a biological created activity because the chemistry of that emotion is dwindling in that person's body. And so therefore, to keep that chemistry at the level that it's used to, it will stimulate the person to create drama. So you have to understand this is a self-imposed chemical addiction to one's own emotions. And if that means that they are sabotaging things to solve this chemical imbalance in the body, they will do that. If it means that they have to create disharmony or create havoc, etc., it will happen over and over and over again. So these people don't need enablers that continuously support them through their high drama. They need to actually be treated and put into withdrawal and counsel about how to be able to separate their sensations from a thought so they do not continuously create this chemistry. So you have to understand this is a serious problem because what I have observed about us as African Americans is that we have difficulty staying focused and participatory in an event because we allow our emotions, and now we've created these emotions because we have judged someone else's speech or someone else's behavior to allow us to abandon the goal or the project over and over and over again. So I used to find it very interesting because Caucasians will make it very clear to each other, I really do not like you. However, if they are very clear that they need that person's skill or talent, that is inconsequential and I will meet you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock so we can get busy on this project. And at 5 o'clock, don't speak to me again. So I've heard us rationalize that, oh, that's hypocritical and just a whole bunch of other stuff and how can they do that and they shouldn't speak and look at what they did. A whole bunch of chemical poisons and toxins that you have created in your mind. Because when the mind understands that we need certain skills and talents to be able to get a project done, we're not interested in how they look, what they say, what they may be doing, etc. We're interested, can they execute this particular activity to the extent that I'm going to get one step closer to the goal. And if the mind understands that, a healthy mind will ignore the rest of the activities and stay focused on the goal. This is critical. I mean, I have seen us talk about we're not speaking and whatever else, et cetera, and nothing gets done. Nothing. Over and over and over again. Because we are emotional addicts. We are not in control at all of our bodies. It is our emotions that are driving us. And so therefore, we have abandoned the project. Years go by. The same foolishness and nonsense. 
and we wonder why, what happened, and somebody else did, didn't do whatever they're supposed to do. No, it was you who would not control your mind and stay focused.
first uh, thing that you must realize, okay guys, is that when you're commanding, it's not really asking, see that's the key first key point I want you to get, that you don't really ask, it's the trick is you have to command. Now command gets misinterpreted a lot. Command gets the wrong version of maybe you're forcing, you're demanding, not quite correct. When I mean command, your subconscious mind takes instructions, okay, and suggestions. That's what I mean by command. Command means once it gets to the subconscious, there's no rational, logical, okay, or structural, basically, connotation or trying to figure out what it is. It doesn't work that way. It goes to the subconscious, subconscious accepts it, and then puts it out into the universe to create it. That's how it works. Remember, from the conscious mind, you give a command. Once it gets to your subconscious, it's a wrap. It's going to create it, alright? So that's the first key. So the words and the language we use, we have to know the quality to use them to communicate to your subconscious so you can get towards the universe, okay? Second point, the reason a lot of us don't receive or manifest what we truly want is because we are speaking the wrong language. We, we do not know how to talk or how to communicate with what we want. First of all, we communicate in a state of need, lack, or desperation, okay? So I see individuals say, hey universe, can you please send me some money? No, that's wrong, okay? That signifies lack, desperation, and scarcity. Remember, your subconscious mind takes commands. So I'm going to show you right now four powerful affirmations that you can use right now, and you can bring the universe or you can say God the universe to create and bring money to you and it works the same day one day a couple hours if you do it this way alright so I got a cue card here and I wrote them down so I want you to make sure you go over them and get them alright right so the first powerful affirmation you'll use you'll say it in this way and I'll go over each uh, statement so we can get a comprehension and understand how it works alright so number one you will say hey universe I expect great things to happen in my life, including receiving an extra $500 now. Thank you. See that statement? Notice what I did, okay? I acknowledge, okay? I expect great things. Remember, key component, all things come through you, through us, okay? So notice that I didn't beg, didn't plead. I stated an affirmation, or I stated an intention, a proclamation that it's what I expect, okay? Number two, you can say this. Either one is fine. Hey universe, I deserve everything that is good, including an extra $500 now. Thank you. Now, $500 is an example, guys. You can say $1,000, $5,000, $10,000, $1,000,000, 500000 depending on your belief system, okay? Number three, hey universe, I know you're sending me all that is right for me, including receiving an extra $500 now. Thank you, okay? Each of these statements are filled with a proclamation, a command, and they ended with gratitude, and they're also in the form of I accept it and it's coming, okay? It's not a need or desperate, okay? It's not an ask, it's a command. Hey universe, I deeply believed everything is possible for me, including receiving an extra $500 now. Thank you, again. Notice how I phrase this, okay? I put everything as a command, a suggestion, okay? It's not, I didn't put it in a, in a frame of, man, I need this, 
or that I have, I put it in the frame of, hey, I'm good with, without it, but I expect it to come in. And notice I put everything in the present moment of now, okay? I always put now, notice it, okay? So if you start to use these affirmations and you proclaim it, as I said, guess what? You're gonna, money's gonna come to you, man. It's still you manifest it, all right? Because the way the universe works, the way reality works, is that everything operates on a vibratory frequency, okay? The universe is abundant, it's infinite. It always supplies. The supply is always over the demand. You can never outdo it, it can never run out. So all you have to do is match the infinite frequency and this command or these uh, statements will do that because they put your subconscious mind in alignment with what you truly expect, which is abundance is your birthright. See, you're proclaiming, you're declaring. Hey, I expect, okay? See what you do with the money. It's a thousand, five thousand. See the reaction in your face, the happiness, the things you do with the money. Just put a quick snapshot and then what you do, you let it go. Just continue on with your day and keep your thoughts in the present moment. Boom, you're gonna manifest the money. It'll come to you, all right? So that's how you make it work. So you declare it, put a quick snapshot in it, and use these statements in the form of a command or a suggestion or proclamation when you put them in the present moment. It's a life of hustle and survival. I remember when my, my ninth grade teacher asked me, Lisa, what do you want to be when you grow up? And see, I have to fight the Harlem Crip 30s every day to get home from school, so I looked at her and said a lie. I took an English class, I got a fail in English. And my English teacher said in front of the entire class, Lisa, you have to be the weakest writer I've ever met in my entire life. Don't worry, my story is good. Don't feel sorry for me. I got seven under my belt. And then the same year my speech teacher said, after giving me a D minus, I knew I, I knew I had an A in speech. Like, come on. He obviously didn't agree with me. He gave me a D minus and said, quote unquote, Miss Nichols, I recommend you never speak in public, that you get a death job. So here's the beauty of that story. Other people's perception of you ain't none of your business. Everything you've ever been through, set through, rolled through, cried through, prayed through, everything is a setup for your next best season. And the way you forgive the perceivingly unforgivable, the way you love the perceivingly unlovable, the way you accept what seems to be unacceptable, the way you embrace after you've been betrayed, the way you do that is the way you will lead us. Your light belongs to everyone who will be illuminated because you were bold enough and obedient enough to let your light shine. Yes, yes. And every time you cross someone's path and they can't handle your light, you know those people that they try to give you reasons why you should tone it down a bit. That they would tell Cheryl not to sing so loud. Right, right, right. They would tell me to shut up in class. They tell you you're kind of strange. You know those people, dream snatchers, vision busters. Don't be mad at them. They can only love you to the capacity in which they're able to love themselves. Don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at them. Pray for them. Love them. Because they're dealing with themselves like we're dealing with us. But I want you to remember that your 70 watts, your 70 watts has to be turned way up. Because you got way more to give us. It ain't over yet. Don't 
put a period where God put a comma. And when you turn it up to 159 watts, you know, you keep turning it up. You like, you stop dimming your light. You say, today is the first day of the rest of my life. You turn it up. You're going to find people that can't handle your light. And before today, you might have dimmed your light. You might have shrunk a little bit. You might have tempered it down a little bit. But after today, I want you to see this. After today, turn the lights up. After today, you don't dare dim your light. As your light gets brighter, as your light gets brighter, you're going to disrupt some people. And they're going to tell you your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Then you just look at them and say, well, I'm not dimming my light. I'm just going to hand you some shade. Listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L. Where remedy meets preparation. Gotta stay sharp out here. Gotta stay in the loop. Can't do what you did yesterday. You can't make it's not a weapon they can form against me that will prosper. I've been whipping for Bentley's with an ill posture. Selassie, I know some deadly rosters. I've been dancing with the wolves, it's like Kevin Costner. Picking up the cases like Betty Crocker. I can give it to you hard if you already rock. How you want that? But keep it low, cause you know you don't want the feds to pop up. On the wheel with all this money, only the feds can stop us. On birthdays was the worst days. Now I might pop 80 grand on a Thursday. Count that up. 2.2 pants is what the birds weigh. If I'm a pastor, please tell me what the church say. Amen. Heard you. Be cool when I swerve through. Call the goons up, the niggas gon' purge through. I done live through things that might disturb you. Uh, promise. This ain't the life you looking for No such my car, but I don't know what they looking for Secret indictments and I don't know what they took them for I see mommy in the kitchen, she was cooking raw Uh-oh. The trap house is the trap door Packed house, now we coming through the back door It was black tops rocking a black door Now we hopping out of traps with the mad cars Nah, that title does not fit you The culture is not with you Your verses are not scriptures I was the first and 15th block clicker In the spot with the blicker The plot got thicker I only indulged in weed and not liquor Trying to have the best work and finish my rocks quicker Prices got cheaper, the hell's all mine Now it's worth that I'm touching some get me some real time I kicked it with the Lord, he sent me some real signs I started to record, I wrote me some L rhymes The love and hate thing, I'm Dealing with real lines Now with two guns up So I got to conceal nines They wait for you to die Then they label you a legend I'm debating on the new M8 Or the X7 Fire Figure either one to be a good look Yeah, count my blessings Get my lessons out the good book Promise this ain't the life you looking for No such my car, but I don't know what they looking for Secret indictments and I don't know what they took them for I see mommy in the kitchen, she was cooking raw Uh-oh, the trap house is the trap door Packed house, now we coming through the back door It was black tops, rocking a black car Now we hopping out of traps with the mad dogs 
50 pointers in the chain just to hide the pain. Tryna count up all this money, probably wreck my brain. Probably will. Free that nigga never, free that nigga man. Lose all my niggas to the system, probably go insane. Real street nigga worked a few M's Rapping real street shit, dropped a few gems I know them niggas mad I'm in the new Benz Fuckin' spend another dime on some new rims Niggas from my hood died from niggas from my hood But everything I learned came up out the hood I took my niggas with me straight up out the hood But they'll call you fake, you make it out the hood Bitches turn sour, niggas turn snake They shutting off the power when the payment late When you broke, niggas love you when you rich, they hate They plotting on your death, trying to set a date Feel this ain't the life you looking for Search my car, but I don't know what they looking for Secret indictments and I don't know what they took them for I see mommy in the kitchen, she was cooking raw Uh-oh, the trap house is the trap door Packed house, now we coming through the back door It was black tops, rocking the black doors Now we hopping out of traps with the mad doors What's happening? You right here on the bottom line on the New Revolution Radio Network. I'm your host, Joey Bounce, L. Bay. All right, and uh, we here tonight. Calling numbers three four seven nine eight nine zero one nine four. If you want to get in, make sure that you press the number one. If you are number two for chat, make sure you call in if you want to holler at me. All right. Um. So we got a lot to talk about tonight. Tonight we're going to be going into a topic that I dove into on Friday. Um, I want to make it really, really, really clear that I am on the air on Sunday. I don't, I don't know where the mishap was, but if you know people who listen um, or who want to listen, tell them don't just tune in on Fridays. Make sure they tune in on Sundays as well, all right? Because we're going to be going in every Sunday, like we always have been, dropping this info, all right? A um, couple quick announcements. There's a seminar coming up in Atlanta, Jonah. Make sure you go to his site to register. Uh, I'm working on doing one myself in Kansas City. I'll let y'all know when that's going to be. All right, and we'll let you know when more dates are coming. Um, also, if you need to get with me, go to makemorecommerce.com. Uh, and let me make another announcement. It's come to my attention that there's some niggas out here that are trying to get some of this information like the passport and the birth certificate correction so they can either go back and resell it or so they can quote unquote get money. And let me, I'm gonna tell y'all like this now. If you fraudulent stay the fuck away from me. Just just stay the fuck away from me. Keep that shit way, way over there. Okay? Don't don't come to me and ask no help if you're gonna be on some fraudulent shit. Right? We don't need to honorable people. I only want to deal with honorable people. And don't think the shit don't get back to you, okay? Um, I can start calling names, but I ain't going to do that, right? But y'all know who y'all is. And I say y'all because there's quite a few niggas out there, right, that listen to this information and only want the information for money. And I think it's sad, right? Because if money is your only goal in life, nigga, you need another goal. You need to redirect your energy and figure out why you really are in this, right? We, we don't teach, I personally, I'll speak for myself, I don't teach this shit for money. 
Money is a byproduct. I teach this information for freedom. I teach this information because I believe in it. I teach this information because it changed my life. And when something changes your life for the better, money becomes a byproduct of that. Okay? So, and, and I'll tell you like this, man. Don't think that you're going to get a passport and everything's going to change. Don't think these people don't know who you are. Don't think that they don't watch you when you apply for shit like a passport or when you try to get a birth certificate. I know a few niggas who got shut down trying to get their birth certificate. Why? Because they was out here being dishonest. Okay? Be a stand-up person. Be a stand-up man. Be a stand-up woman. Do the right thing. Get into this information for the right purposes, which should be freedom. Health, freedom, and then wealth in that order. It should always be in that order. All right? So just want to say that. You, you out here scamming. Keep your scamming shit to yourself, nigga. Don't bring it over here. Okay? Because, nigga, you will get dealt with. And I will call you out. Y'all know who y'all are. All right. Now, with that being said, right, um, let's just get into it tonight. Right? And... I don't want nobody feeling no type of way about what I just said, but, you know, it's important that we clear the air as we go into this particular topic tonight, because there's a lot of people who misuse nationality as an excuse, right, to say that they're sovereign, they misuse it as an excuse to, quote-unquote, find a reason to try to Make money off people, and they misuse it as an excuse to try to get rich. You will never get rich if your mind ain't right. You'll never make money if your mind ain't right. Your mentality is not correct. It's a mentality. Straight up and down. So we're going to talk tonight about citizenship, nationalization, naturalization, right, and relinquishment, right? And I want to set the stage here. Um, go listen to Friday's show, Oprah Forum Friday with John Bay. Um, I held the show down Friday. Go listen to that show because you'll get a good understanding of what tonight's show is about if you miss Friday's show. Okay? And if you got a buddy that's sitting by watching the football game, tell his ass to turn that shit off and tune in tonight. Okay? Now, nationalization is a legal act. It's a process, right? And it deals with non-citizens. It deals with citizens, right? But it deals with the people of the country, right? It deals with how you acquire, quote-unquote, citizenship, right? And citizenship is a status. It's a, it's a legal status, right? And it's conferred on the person. And it, it recognizes that person under a custom, right? And I've talked about customs before. Anytime we, and I'm not talking about customs as in customs agents. I'm talking about customs as in what is the custom of the country that you come from, right? Because every country is different. Every country that you enter has different rules, different regulations on how you can have either dual citizenship, how you can become a citizen, how you acquire citizenship in that country, right? So citizenship deals with the custom or the law of a sovereign state. Now, international law is a political entity. It is 
a political subdivision. It is a state. It is the United States. The state of California. Excuse me. California state. It's uh, New Jersey state. It's New York state. It's Missouri state. It's uh, state of, of Germany. Right? Uh, you keep, I mean, I could go on and on. Take Hong Kong, for example. Hong Kong is a state. Right? In China. That's why they have so many problems, right? Because they want to be what they call separatists. Now, a sovereign state in international law is a political entity, okay? And, and it is represented by what they call a centralized government, right? And this centralized government has sovereignty over a geographic area. So you take Washington, D.C., for example, right, and their square mile radius, right, of what they have. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people don't understand why Washington, D.C. originally set up their jurisdiction. Originally, their jurisdiction was set up and the boundary was set up so that the White House couldn't be taken over. They didn't want somebody to come in and take over the White House. So that's why they set up a jurisdiction. Okay. Now, international law defines a sovereign state as having a permanent population of people, right? A defined territory, one government, and then it has the capacity to enter into relations with other sovereign states. So I want you to think about Morocco, the, the empire of Morocco, how it entered into treaty relations with the United States. The United States then later conferred upon themselves right to enter into treaty relations with who? Your Native Americans, right? So they, so then they took a lot of these people's sovereignty and made them what we call domestic sovereigns, right? And so that means that they came up under what's known as a trust relationship. Now, sovereignty in when we talk about defined territory of a government, okay, it deals with international relations. So remember the term... Um, What's that term? Remember the term... I'm having a brain fart here. Stateless, thank you. Depending on the brain here. Remember the term stateless, right? And when we look at the term stateless, it says that many people who are stateless have never left the country that they're in, right? They become refugees. So when you became a refugee and you never left the country that you're in, Right? means that you don't technically have a citizenship unless one is inferred upon you through a process known as naturalization, right? So it's also normally understood that a sovereign state is neither dependent or subjected to the power of any other state, right? So according to the declarative theory of statehood, sovereign state can exist without being recognized by other sovereign states. Now, and, and, you know, that, that's a really interesting thing because I want y'all to take Washington, D.C., for example, right? People in Washington, D.C. have been trying to get statehood for years, but they won't give them statehood. So a nigga that's born in Washington, D.C., you technically were born in the district. You were not born in the state. So you actually are a U.S. citizen. By birth. Now, statehood and statehood is, is is an interesting concept when we when we think about it, right? Because statehood is admission, right? And 
we look at the Constitution under uh, Article 6, Section 3, Clause 1, it authorizes Congress to admit new states into the United States beyond the 13 already existing, right, at the time of the Constitution. So when they wrote the Constitution, there were 13 states, right? We, you know, I mean, you know, you got New York, New Hampshire, all of this shit along the eastern seaboard, right? And then over time, they used the Constitution to bring other states into the fold, right? So other states became, quote-unquote, states of the union. Now, you know, it's really interesting because the Constitution went into effect on June 21st, 1788, after the ratification by nine of the 13 states, and the federal government then began operating under this particular uh, paradigm, if you will, in 1789, right? This is, all of this happened after your treaties. Your treaties, peace of friendships, uh, your treaties of Morocco, all your treaties, right? So, at this time, statehood became a thing here, okay? Now, if you go look at your organic act that happened much later, this is why, this is where they turned this into a corporation, people started getting naturalized under the 14th Amendment, blah, 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 right? So we have to make sure that we always are thinking about what a state is, what statehood is, because all of this ties into your nationality, it ties into your citizenship, it ties into what we call naturalization, right? So statehood in itself, and the definition of statehood is acceptance, right? It means that you are accepted by some form of a constitution into a union of other states. Interestingly enough, Washington, D.C. is not a state, like I said before. So you have to ask yourself, how come Washington, D.C. is not a state? How come they've never been a state? Well, they are technically a state. They're the state that we refer to as the United States. You understand? So this is where the state comes in. Now, um, like I said, I, I like to confer, you know, when we're talking about things, you have to really understand what you're doing. Now, under 1481, 8 U.S.C., it talks about taking what they call an oath of allegiance. So from the time that you was a child, you had been taking an oath and never knew what you were taking the oath to. So it's conditioning to your mind as a child to take an oath. Now, you're going to ask yourself, well, what is allegiance? Because anytime you're taking an oath, you're taking an oath of allegiance. So allegiance is a duty that you have, right? And they call this the duty of fidelity, right? Or fealty or some stuff, right? And this duty is said to be owed or freely committed by the people, by the subjects or the citizens or the nationals to their state or to their sovereign. Now, when somebody says, you take an allegiance to your sovereign, they're normally talking about to a sovereign prince, a sovereign king, sovereign monarchy. Somebody said my mic's going in and out. Y'all can't hear me? Somebody in the chat let me know. Y'all can hear me okay. Enough of y'all in there tonight. Where the fuck is everybody tonight? What's going on here? 
I'm a little smitten by the lack of people on tonight. But it is what it is. This shit, this shit's gonna go down in. Do the rich people cringe and say, don't tell them that, Rob? Yes, yes, yes. Don't tell people what they what you know. Right. Keep them poor. The moment I pay you, you think like an employee. The moment you accept the paycheck, your brain goes dead. That's the trap. Entrepreneurs work for free. As long as you're hungry, you'll think. The school system was designed to teach you to be an employee or a doctor or a lawyer, a specialist, but never about money. The poor will always be amongst us because it starts up here. It's, it's in their words, you know, and the words become flesh. But when they say, I can't afford it or I can't do that, they go down. They become what they say. And I meet so many people, I don't, I can't afford it, you think I made of money? My PhD dad, he says, what do you think I am, made of money? I can't afford that. And my rich dad would say, that's why he's poor. Poor people say, I can't afford it, I can't do that, I don't have time. Because this is an escape. It's an escape, you know what I mean? It's easy to say, I can't afford it. Oh, I'm too tired. Oh, I can't go to the gym. You know, when you could go to the gym, no, I can't. Truth is, I'm just too lazy to go to the And your rich dad used to say what instead of, I can't afford it? How can I afford it? How can I do that? A question opens a mind, a statement closes the mind. So when you say, I can't afford it, the mind shuts down and you become what you say. People right now who are sitting at home <clears throat> who are struggling financially or worried about money or unhappy, they may be making a lot of money, but unhappy with what they're doing. It was probably taught to you. You know, your super ego was taught, get a job, work hard, or you'll, or you'll never be rich, or the rich are evil, or whatever. Poverty is passed on. It's taught in your families. And middle class is taught in families. And until you change your mindset, Correct. money won't help you, right? Correct. And we see that with people that win the lottery, people that make more money, they still have the same problem. Right. Because they have that poor man's soul. Correct. If you're poor, you'll always be poor. That's really hard for people to understand. Yeah, the money will disappear that fast. Just like most pro athletes, you know, they make millions of dollars and what, 65% are bankrupt five years later? It's because they come from poor families. But unfortunately, what Mr. Lipton was saying, it's passed down genetically. That's the frightening thing. If you don't want to learn it, I can't help you. You know, I have bad luck too. I've, I've had financial crashes. I've had people stab me in the back. But they're all good because I grow from it. That's spirituality. You know, people who are afraid of making.
Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, the new Evolution Radio Network. All right, all right. Peace to the gods. Um, I'm back. Somebody send me a little message or something. Let me know if I can be heard okay. Let me know if y'all can hear me all right out there. Am I loud and clear? Somebody, somebody send me. Okay, all right, good. All right, so let, let me continue. I'm not really sure what y'all missed, but I'm going to pick up where I left off, right? Now, I'm talking about citizenship, nationality, naturalization, statehood. Washington, D.C., for years, people in D.C. have been trying to get statehood. They don't have statehood in D.C., right? And, you know, you have to ask yourself, well, how come you can't get statehood in a place that seems to be the capital, right? Now, I want you to understand that Washington, D.C. cannot get statehood because it is a state called the United States, okay? So it takes me to our point of allegiance, and I'll, I'll read it again. Allegiance is a duty of fealty, right? It's a duty that is said to be owed or freely committed by the people, by the subjects, by the nationals, or by the citizens to their state or to their sovereign. So when you take, quote-unquote, allegiance, right, and they say to a sovereign, sometimes it's to a sovereign prince, it's to a sovereign king, might be to a sovereign monarchy, it might be to a sovereign state, okay? Because the definition of a sovereign is a monarch, right? It's the head of state. A monarch can exercise the highest authority of power in the state. And other people, right, or other states, right, can will power, right, on behalf of the monarch. So this is why you see a lot of times, um, for instance, in Britain, right, you have the king and the queen, and then you have parliament, right? But then you also have something known as the church, right? And the church, believe it or not, is actually the one that's, that is the true sovereign. This is why when you go, if you ever go to Vatican City, you'll notice that in Vatican City, they deal specifically with what? They deal with their own sovereigns. You understand? And that, this is in Vatican City. This is in what we refer to um, as the, the, the Catholic jurisdiction. Okay. All right. Now, um, or you can call it the crown. Some people call it the crown. It just depends on where you're at, right, and what you're dealing with, right? Um, but when we talk about a monarch, right, it often deals with what I would refer to as a right of conquest, right? Now, there was a court case that was read a while back that talked about how um, the Aboriginal people here lost their sovereignty because they lost it by the right of conquest. Right. Now, the right of conquest is a former historically legitimate right of what they call ownership, right? Ownership to land, ownership to resources, uh, possession via some type of force of arms, right? That's what it was, right? So it was a right of conquest. It was also recognized as a principle of international law, and, and it gradually, gradually it deteriorated. Gradually, it deteriorated over time. I'm sorry, y'all give me a second. 
Oh, you can't hear me? You can't hear me? Can you hear me now? I don't know how much y'all missed. What's the last thing y'all heard? I don't even know when they muted. I didn't even mute them. They muted me. They must not want y'all to hear that. Did y'all hear the part about expatriation? I apologize for all the issues tonight. Wow. No wonder people was dropping off. I keep playing with my mics tonight. Oh, boy. I just dropped a lot of shit. Y'all didn't hear nothing I dropped. I'm going to tell you about that. I'll, I'll, I'll try to review some of it again. Expatriation Act of 1868 was an act by your 40th Congress. Your 39th Congress was black. The Expatriation Act of 1868 declared that as part of the United States nationality law, that the right of expatriation, right, the right of one to renounce one's citizenship, is a natural and inherent right. Now, I apologize because I've been sitting here for the last 10 minutes going in, and I don't think I heard any of this shit, which I'm realizing I probably did, right? So, the Expatriation Act of 1868 made it where you, a person had a right to renounce one citizenship, right? You had a natural and an inherent right of all people, right? Um, and that any declaration, instruction, opinion, order, or decision of any officer of this government, right, of this government, aka the United States, right, which restricts, impairs, or questions the right of expatriation, is hereby declared to be inconsistent with the fundamental principles of this government. Okay? So the intent of the act, the Expatriation Act, was also to counter any claims by other countries that U.S. citizens owed them allegiance. It was an explicit rejection of what they call feudal common law, right, which was the principle of perpetual allegiance. Now, the Expatriation Act of 1868 was codified on the 25 Stat 1999, then they recodified it in 1940 under 8 U.S.C. 800, and then they recodified it again under 8 U.S.C. 1481. Okay? Now, the Expatriation Act of 1868 did not explicitly create any procedure by which a U.S. citizen could exercise his or her right to give up citizenship initially, right? But existing law, namely the Enrollment Act of 1865, provided only two grounds for the loss of citizenship, those being draft evasion and desertion. So desertion is the abandonment of a military duty or a post without permission. They call this called AWOL, right? So then you have something called the Bancroft Treaties, right? And these particular Bancroft Treaties also have provisions that any naturalized U.S. citizen would be deemed to have renounced their U.S. citizenship and then resume their original citizenship if they returned to their native country and remained there for a certain period of time. All right? Then in 1873... Attorney General George Henry Williams wrote that the affirmations by Congress that the right of expatriation is a natural and inherent right in all people, included citizens of the United States as well as other people, (coughs) and that executives should give it uh, comprehensive effect, right? Now, this guy Williams, 
essentially, um, you know, his statement was mostly used to justify uh, denationalization of naturalized U.S. citizens, right? But in general, a naturalized American who took up the position in the government or military of his native country was considered to have given up his U.S. citizenship and then returned home, right? That's what they call home, right? So then a naturalized American who did these same acts in other countries, which were not their native countries, were seen as having given up their right of U.S. protection. So this is what I was talking about. I was talking about protection. You take a Social Security number, you take a protection. You go and be in the military here. You're taking protection. You become a resident of the state. You're taking protection, right? So anything that you do under their jurisdiction, they consider it to be protection. If you take out a fucking loan, you're considered to have been taking protection, right? So the State Department did not consider that mere establishment of non-U.S. domicile was sufficient grounds for revoking U.S. citizenship. Right? But there would be no legislation regarding grounds for loss of citizenship by native-born citizens until the Expatriation Act of 1907. And then they codified this under 34 Stat 1228. All right? So before then, the State Department and the courts agreed with each other, right? And they basically said that uh, native-born citizens could lose U.S. citizenship voluntarily through acquisition of another citizenship or a subject status in a foreign state, or any of those particular things, right? Now, there's a lot of case law that goes along with this stuff, and, and I'm, I'm going to go through a little bit of it tonight. I apologize for, the, for all of the delays tonight and the problems. You know, sometimes when we start talking about this shit, they do this to my mics, right? They'll cut me out and shit like that. So I apologize for that tonight. I think we'll just have to, have to keep it moving. But... Um, I want to draw your attention to a case called Perkins versus Elgin. Right? It was done in 1939. Now, in this particular case, there were, there were some facts that came up, and we're going we're gonna to run through them, all right? First fact was that any child that was born in the United States of what they call an alien parentage becomes a citizen of the United States. The second fact is that as a municipal law determines how citizenship can be acquired, the same person may possess a dual nationality. This is why I was saying you can go to somewhere like Monaco, right, and, and you can't acquire nationality or citizenship in Monaco unless you either were born there or you married a citizen of Monaco. Not Morocco, Monaco. Now, three, a citizen by birth retains his United States citizenship unless deprived of it through the operation of a treaty or a congressional enactment by his voluntary action in conformity with applicable legal principles. Okay? Four, it has long been a recognized principle in this country that if a child born here is taken during minority to the country of his parents' origin, where his parents resume their former allegiance, he does not thereby lose his citizenship in the United States provided that uh, on attaining majority, he elects to retain that citizenship and to return to the United States to assume the duty. So he's got to be 18 years old. So expatriation is the voluntary renunciation or abandonment of nationality and allegiance. Right? Now, I don't know if y'all heard what I was saying when I was talking about allegiance, 
Alright, but I'll repeat it again for you. Philadelphia. Now, I, I want to make sure that y'all got it, right? Because think about John Wick, right? John, in the movie John Wick, in the last one, he had to pledge his fealty or his, his fidelity, right, to the sovereign, right? So allegiance deals with your pledge to be freely committed, right? To the sovereign, it's done by the, the people, the subject, the citizens, the nationals, right? To their state or to their sovereign. Sovereign can be a king. Well, now, in the United States, when we, when we talk about the doctrine of, of particular, and I don't, like I said, I don't know how much of this y'all heard, so I'll repeat something, but in the United States, when we talk about the doctrine of allegiance, right? No man in the United States can cast off his native allegiance without consent of a sovereign, that whole thought pattern was abandoned. Because they understood here that any man at any time, right, and at the same time, should be able to enjoy the right of citizenship under two governments. So you think about the Moorish science temples, right? People are there, they're trying to enjoy citizenship under two governments, right? But the only problem is that one of those things is not technically considered a government. Okay? So, on July 27, 1868, the day before the 14th Amendment was adopted, the U.S. Congress declared the preamble of the Expatriation Act that the right of expatriation is a natural and an inherent right of all people, which is indispensable to the enjoyment of the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and under Section 1 of the Fundamental Principles of this Government, every natural-born citizen of a foreign state who is also an American citizen, and every natural-born American citizen who is a citizen of a foreign land owes a double allegiance, one to the United States and to his homeland as the other. Okay? Now, if these allegiances come into conflict, he or she may be guilty of treason against one or both nations. See, if the demands of these two sovereigns upon his duty of allegiance come into conflict, those of the United States have paramount authority in the American law. So likewise, those of the foreign land have paramount authority in the legal system. So in any situation, it may be incumbent on the individual to renounce one of his citizenships to avoid possibly being forced into a situation where he's countervailing the duties that are required of him, such as the right to occur in the event of a war. This is why at 18, they make your ass sign up for selective service registration. This is why they make you go to the draft. It's a duty. You want to be a U.S. citizen, you took oath of allegiance, it's a duty. See, the oath of allegiance is an oath of fidelity, or fealty, as they say. Right to the sovereign, taken by all persons holding an important public office as the condition of naturalization. See, you, your ass didn't even know you technically are considered a public officer. You're in the public. See, by, by ancient common law, it might be required of all persons above the age of 12 years old, and it was repeatedly used as a test for uh, the disaffected. Now, in England, it was first imposed by statute in the reign of Elizabeth I under 1558, right? And its form has more than once been altered. Now, um, this deals with 
when we start talking about titles of nobility and things like that. That's why they stripped you of your titles of nobility here under their corporate shit, right? Because they don't want you to be able to say, hey, I'm a noble, I'm a sovereign, I'm a prince, I'm a king. Because they don't want you to use that against them. Because if you start using that shit against them, then, then they say, well, well, shit, we don't have to run over nobody. Because if everybody's a king here, then what's the problem? But the problem is, is that at one point in time, everybody here was considered to be, quote, unquote, their own sovereign. Right? Now, in the United States and some other republics, the oath is known as the Pledge of Allegiance. Instead of declaring fealty to a monarch, the pledge is made to the flag, the republic. And to the core value of the country, specifically liberty and justice, right? So when the sister called her Friday, she said that um, some of these Moors have considered themselves to be monarchs, right? They consider themselves to be kings. But you can take a pledge. You can take a pledge of allegiance to a flag. Right? It doesn't have to be to one sovereign king, right? And this is why they had the republic, right? This is why niggas pledge allegiance to the republic because they pledge their fealty to a system rather than a person. Okay? So reciting the Pledge of Allegiance in the United States is actually voluntary because of the rights that were guaranteed to people under the First Amendment. Right? They go places like Korea, North Korea, or China. You don't have no fucking rights. Your ass better pledge of allegiance, nigga, or we're we going to throw your ass up in this jail we got over here. Okay? Now, this is interesting because in Islam... The word used in the Arabic language for allegiance is bayat, okay, which means taking hand. So the practice is actually sanctioned in the Quran by Surah on 48. It says that um, verifiably, those who give thee their allegiance, they give it but to Allah Himself. The word is used for the oath of allegiance to an emir. Now. An emir, or an amir, or an emir, can refer to a king or an uh, aristocrat, basically, or a noble, right, um, or a military official uh, that has a title of high office used in a variety of places. Okay. Now, in Islam. When you take allegiance, right, it's also used for the initiation ceremony specific to a Sufi. Okay. See, we have to, we got to really go into this shit. And there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that I, that, that I have to drop here, right? But let me keep going on this case that I was talking about, right? So, the fourth thing that the court dropped was that it has long been recognized as a principle in this country that if a child is born here, and taken during minority to another country, that child at 18 can then either make the decision to keep his citizenship or renounce it. So when you were a child, when you were a baby, and they pulled you out of your status as a national, and they made you a U.S. citizen, you have a choice to remain a U.S. citizen, or you have a choice to go back into your nationality of what it truly was. See, expatriation is a voluntary renunciation or an abandonment of nationality and allegiance. Okay? The next thing that they said was that the right of election is consistent with naturalization, the naturalization treaty with Sweden of 1859, 
and any of company protocols. Now, the act of March 2nd, 1907, in providing that, quote, any American citizen shall be deemed to have expatriated himself when he has been naturalized in any foreign state in conformity with its laws was aimed at voluntary expatriation and was not intended to destroy the right of a native citizen, which was which removed from this uh, country doing minority to elect to retain citizenship. This is the reason why when you're doing your nationality, you got to go back into your original state. This is why we use state constitutions, right? So if, you, if you're from Florida... You got to go back into the Florida Constitution because you're a native Floridian. That's that's your native state. Now, if you want to take it back farther than that, and you want to talk about the Empire of Morocco and all of that stuff like that, that's fine. But the reality is, is that you were born in the, the Republic of the Free State of the state you were born in first. And I'm specifically talking about here within the contiguous quote unquote 50 states that we have. Now, uh, seven, recent private acts of Congress for the relief of Native citizens who have been the subject of administrative action denying the right of citizenship cannot be regarded as the equivalent of an act of Congress, providing that persons in the situation of the respondent here have lost the American citizenship, which they acquired at birth. Eight, they said that the, tre- the, the threat, excuse me, the threats of deportation by the Secretary of Labor and immigration officials and refusal by the Secretary of State to issue passports upon the disputed grounds that a person affected has lost his native citizenship has become an alien wrongfully in the country involved in actual controversy affording the basis for a suit for declaratory judgment that he is a citizen or a national for an injunction. I hope y'all heard that. That's very important for some of y'all brothers who are from other countries, okay? Some of y'all people who, who, who ask me all of the time, well, 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 how, how, how do I do an injunction? What if they don't give me my passport? Right? You just heard right there. The judge says that raises the basis for a lawsuit. Number nine, in such a suit, the Secretary of State is properly included in the declaratory provision of the decree that he may be precluded from refusing to issue the passport solely upon the ground that the citizenship has been lost. They can't refuse you a passport because you gave up your U.S. citizenship. It's right there in the court case. They can't refuse you a passport. This is the reason why I had a discussion with brother today, right? He wanted to get a passport to the kingdom of Altamaria, right? This was the brother Uriel. I'm like, all right, that's cool, but where's your U.S. passport? Where's your passport that has the delineation, right, that shows that you're not a U.S. citizen, but you're a national of your state, right, which came before your particular, quote-unquote, U.S. citizenship. Okay? I mean, this is, you know, this is pretty clear-cut shit here that we're talking about. All right. Um... I got one more thing I'm going to drop. We're going to take a quick break, right? Maybe try to clear up some of these lines. Like I said, I apologize for the dead air. I didn't even know that y'all couldn't hear me tonight. Um, and we're going to be right back, all right? Um, and see, I could hear the dog was barking. Yeah, I, I keep my pit bull next to me when I'm outside. All right, we'll be right back. Um, and I'll uh, I'll take some calls and we'll dive into this a little bit more, all right? Keep it live. <laughs> 
Back at it again. Yeah, I told my niggas quit playing, let's run up the end. Yeah, I hopping some back through the dash, I'm going with the wind. Yeah, I'm rolling up blocks back to back in the big bang back bean. Yeah, money got me in the trends, I'm going in. Pocket full of bitch, I'm in. Everybody watching him, he balling again. Damn, God broke the rim. Better put that shit on film. Bitch, I got skills. Young nigga flexing on gym. Don't give a fuck how you feel, you know what it is. Yeah, yeah, everybody cut so cut. Everybody on go mode. Whole gang on go go mode. Got aim like Rumbo. Yeah, big cave they jumbo. Uh, them things hold hunchos. Yeah, back at it again. Uh, one new bitch is ten and she ain't got no friends. But she pop a little pills and I crack all these pills so I cannot trip. Uh, cold ain't what I sip. Yeah, ain't shit trying to keep this thing right up on my hip. Yeah, I just be the case I got caught round round with them things in my whip. Yeah, uh, nigga I was sticked up, getting plenty sticks. Yeah, uh, they legit, but uh, you know how to act when they see us. with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation. All right, let the garbage men handle the garbage. We're professional anglers, okay? We go after the big fish. Chasing them monkey-strong, crackhead motherfuckers anyway. You know they'd have killed you without hesitating. That's why they belong in prison. For what? They got beat down, they lost their rock, they lost their money. The message from Hillside probably gonna smoke them. I mean, Jesus, what more you want? I want justice. Is right? that not justice? That's street justice. What's wrong with street justice? Oh, I just let the animals wipe themselves out. God right? willing. Fuck them. Everybody who looks like them. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. The good guys, they die first, right? Those school kids and moms, family men, they don't want to catch the stray bullets in the noodle. To protect the sheep, you got to catch the wolf. And it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. You understand? What? I said you protect the sheep by killing the motherfucking wolves. No, you didn't hear me. You listening, but you didn't hear me. All right, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever the fuck ever. Anybody up. I mean, it seems like you're pretty busy keeping people out. What the fuck you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about, bitty boot. Got nothing but shit between your ears. Shit, they build jails because of me. 
Judges have handed out over 15,000 man years of incarceration time based on my investigations, okay? My record speaks for itself. How many felons have you collared? Huh? Yeah, I rest my case. Oh, Look, man, I'm not smoking crack, all right? I'm glad Just put it in the glove box. Put the $60 in there, too. That'll come in handy later on. We'll use it like, like a credit card or something. Hey, no matter what I say, you did the right thing. Reminds me when I was out there chasing down bad guys, rocking their world. That was some pretty amazing shit you did back there, Oi. Thanks. Yeah, I noticed you applied that uh, that chokehold, huh? <laughs> I thought that was a no-no procedure, boy. <laughs> I was getting my ass kicked. Yeah, and you did what you had to do, right? You did what you had to do. That's right. Oh! So the wolf does. You a wolf? Come on, Wolf. Oh, come on, dog. Oh. oh. <laughs> no, I said a wolf, not a rooster. A wolf. Oh, 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 oh. That's a rooster. Give me a wolf. Fuck this, man. Give me that beard. Ah, there you go. Of the mother at the time of his birth. Okay. 
Now, um, naturalization, right, and registration. So apart from the question of acquisition of nationality at birth, the citizenship or the nationality of the state can also be acquired subsequently by persons who are not citizens of that state. So this includes persons who are nationals of some other state as well as stateless persons. So this is why you can go from uh, one state to another and then acquire essentially what they call residency status in another state, right, which means to be a national of your state. So the method by which nationality can be acquired is known as naturalization, which produces the procedure which is obtainable in particularly all countries of the world. Now, in the Commonwealth countries, nationality can also be acquired by means of a procedure known as registration. This is where they have you do shit like register your cars, right? Now, the conditions under which registration or naturalization can be applied are laid down in the municipal laws of each state. This is why if you commit a traffic infraction in one state, right, and you're a resident of that state, you're subject to the laws of that state. I always tell the story about when I stayed in Virginia, and I committed uh, driving over the speed limit, right? But my license wasn't from that state, so I wasn't a resident of that state, and I wasn't considered to be um, a member of that state. They had to give me the same laws and rules of the state that I came from. So all I had to do was print the law off and show it to the judge, and they changed the fee and went from like 2500 down to like 200 right? Okay, so accordingly, according to the law of some countries, Foreign women married to their nationals automatically acquire the nationality of the state by reason of such marriage, but in some countries, marriage to a national is regarded merely as one of the qualifications for acquisition of nationality of a state by registration of naturalization. That is the whole shit I told you about when a woman marries a man, right? She takes on her husband's nationality. So in addition to determining the criteria for acquisition of the nationality at the future, which above stated, um, are based generally by birth, descent, registration, or naturalization, many of the many independent countries have found it necessary to lay down by means of law or provisions in the Constitution to test for determining the categories of persons who are to be regarded as citizens of the state at the commencement of their statehood upon attainment of independence. See, so the, the criteria that's adopted, right, for this purpose has essentially been based on what they call domicile or residence for a requisite period of time that you stay in that territory, which has become the territory of the new state in addition to other states. Now, this is what I was talking about Friday when I was talking about the tags and all that, right? You can drive whatever tags you want to drive with on your car if you're not a resident of that particular state. Let's go to the call lines, see what's happening now. Three, we'll take some calls and uh, keep it moving. Let's go to 716 717 in the line. Yes, yes, gentlemen. Uh, the wonderful, magnificent, and great, knowing that uh, we can break through all the foolishness that they got going on, my brother. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, 
I'll go back and I'll let you know the uh, the mics got it started getting toyed with right after you mentioned the Vatican City being sovereign and in between expatriation. <laughs> That's where the mic went know. straight straight out. But um, I, I wanted know, to go. Man. You I know wanted to go. Start messing with me when I start talking about this. Correct, correct. I want to go over the note that I made. You mentioned 1859 Naturalization Act. So does does that in, does that include all the references you made after where you mentioned you cannot be refused a passport by not being a U.S. citizen, or is that something totally different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, it includes the same thing. Um, but see, what they did was they, they did that 1859, then they redid it in 1907. And then when they did it in 1907, they started codifying it into public laws. So you got all these public laws that they created after that. Right? Beautiful. So now, so, so now, if you're going to reference that in public law, you just go pull up 8 U.S.C. 1481, and you'll find it right there. 8 U.S.C. 1481. That's correct. Okay, I'm going to make room for all the other folks in the New Evolution community. I've sent something to your site, or rather your inbox. Do I need to send it to your site? It's about health. Send it, send and it, send it, yeah, send it to, send it to uh, Make More Commerce at Gmail. Okay. Yeah, I've sent it there twice. Um, I won't send it the third time because I've already sent it twice. Unless what's your, you say, what's, what's your email? This, uh, this, this brother, the Direction Giver. Direction Giver. Okay. Um, you mind throwing your email out there for me? I tell uh, you, I'll give you. I, I tell you, what, I got your number. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a call. It's it's the it's direction giver at pm like pm am pm dot me. Let me see here. Okay, yep, I got your email. I, I see you now. Um, oh yeah, you was a brother to ask about Houston. Yeah, it's it's basically what what's in there is is good. If you feel that it can be expounded through the new evolution community, just go ahead and expound it. And I got I got chunks more. Just let me know anytime, uh, whether you see me in person or whether you from time to time send me the uh, the uh, updates about new products that make more commerce, and just say hey, send me some more health information. Got got tons of it. Absolutely. And then you sent me a file too. This is an AFC file, so I can't open it. Because it's an ASC file, so okay. I'll uh, I'll try, try to address that, and then it, I, again, I, I'll wait for your prompt. Is the best way to do it because I know that you're yeah, dealing. I'll, I'll uh, you tomorrow, for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I know you have going on and uh, businesses uh, expanding due to the health situation, so you're tending to people's needs. So just you know, take your time. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch out for the call. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll give you a call tomorrow, though, so we can we can talk about the seminar that you that you want to plan. No oh yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I look out for the call, and um, you know, absolutely. So don't we we gonna we gonna work all the way past these mic issues because I I knew you was gonna come back on. It's just a matter of time. I was like, man, I ain't going nowhere, you know, because you know, right now I'm in the park, you know, and so man, I'm absorbing. I, man, I didn't even know, man. I wish I hit you sooner, man, because. Man, listen, I had no idea. I didn't even push the button. But again, uh, when you or when any of the other listeners go back, the the dead space over the mic came right after you mentioned Vatican City all the way up to expatriation. 
So whatever that time frame is, if if, if they watch counters on their uh, computer on their phone, that's where it's going to be that empty space. Well, uh, the replay it might play off. Correct. Yeah, so that you know that was the nugget was like, like we don't, we don't, yeah, we don't want system buzzer to hear that, but we know what's going on, and, and you can probably give us a, a, a revamp, you know, further down the line on uh, a couple of shows later. Okay, well, I'm going to drop next week. Um, I'm going to go a little further into this because I may even recap some of this because I don't like that so much of it got, got messed up tonight. But, you know, there, there's so much that we can drop on this. I mean, if we talk about Vatican, Vatican City, um, every single church that operates right. in the Vatican, they got, they're, they're essentially non-residents in every state, and they go over there all the time. Man, I mean, you know, we we here for the education that you providing. So that that one mishap, they'll probably get dozen more shows that are uh, heavyweight anyway. So this one exactly. little exactly. Task, yeah, that that that's only going to add to the forest fire that's going to happen as people expand their wealth and as they want to grasp on to what you're teaching. So you know, yeah, no you call the bumping road. That's all it is. Well, it happens. It happens from time to time. I expect it, man. It ain't happened in a while, but it happens. Right, right, right. Well, it's it's not a deterrent. It's just it's just reinforcement for us. So we we gonna continue listening, and, and we'll burn the midnight oil with you uh, when when time comes. Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Always, sir. Sending that email to me, and I'll make sure to reach out to you. All right. Oh yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We gonna make it happen. Okay. All right. No doubt. I'm gonna say peace, bro. Thanks. Peace. Peace. I'm going to try to go back over here. Let's go to um, 716, 717. You're on the line. 716, 717. All right. I'm going to look at that. 316-308. You're on the line. 316-318. What up, what up? Turn your mic up a little bit. Come up here a little bit. My bad, my bad. Is that better? Yeah, there we go. What's going on? Peace, man. Peace, peace, peace. Yeah, man, you know, I was, uh, I've been tuning in the whole time, and of course, you know, I heard the break too or whatever, but, you know, I figure that's just, you know, them agents out there doing their job. So, you know, I mean, if there was people that dropped off or, you know, they didn't exactly know when you came back in, I mean, they just got to go back and listen again, you know? Exactly. It's all good. I'll, I'll make sure to follow this up, though. I'll follow it up next week with even better shows. So. Well, I mean, you always do, bro. You know what I'm saying? I know. I, know I mean, your, your consistency is there. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, of course, you know, when you start getting into the information, of course, they got to kind of break you up, which, honestly, I feel like from the jump, they was kind of messing with you. Because, you know what I'm saying? I, like I said, I tune in early. So as soon as you jumped in, I was kind of like, okay, and then as you started going in, the quality just kind of got worse and worse. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, well, they pretty much got the show from the beginning, so. Yeah, they knew what time it was. Coming in. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, bro, I just, I, I appreciate the information from you, bro, because just you going back, you know what I'm saying? Because even after that long pause, because, honestly, I was sitting there just kind of waiting, like, okay, how long they going to, 
you know, keep him silenced. Because to me, I just figured the mic wasn't working. You know what I'm saying? Whether he was on mute or what, I just figured the mic wasn't working. So, you know, we were just kind of sitting there listening. And that's the thing. (laughs) Yeah, we couldn't hear anything, bro. Only thing, only thing personally from my side, all I could hear was just the music playing. Well, you know, I mean, you when you went back and reiterated, you know what I'm saying? I just, yeah. Well, when you went back and reiterated, it just made it even better. Man, look, just just even the first aspect, like the brother was saying, when they cut you off, you was talking about the Vatican. Like I, I, you know, I was digging in on that part, and then when you came back in to reiterate as far as what you were going into. It just made the picture even clearer because that first that first half of what you was reading when you came back in and you started talking about the different areas as far as uh, uh, citizenship and nationality, right? Uh, uh, and and kind of how you know going back to you know that certain state or that certain aspect, you know, uh, actually you can deal with the rules and regulations per se as far as from that standpoint. So it had me thinking like, hmm, it's interesting. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Because we go in, you know, and we a lot of times deal with their laws, and rules, and regulations. Not realizing that if you understand, you know, where you at, you know what I'm saying, and you can use your rules and regulations as far as with the trust and everything. Yeah, you can, you can. But, but that, that's what, that's the reason why I read that case. And it's a short case. I didn't even go that far into it. But like the judge told mm-hmm. me, like you, you didn't give up, you didn't give up the U.S. citizenship, but you can't deny somebody a passport. That is grounds for if they were born in in the states. You can't deny them a passport. That's actually grounds for a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Which, which you know, that was that was interesting. Well, that was interesting when you even said that too, because you know that had my wheels turning too, as far as uh, different ones being rejected on actually getting their passport. You know, behind things like child support and whatnot. Right now, what the, the, even that. See, the thing about that is that most mm-hmm. people are getting denied child support based off the fact that they're still U.S. citizens, so they still are under the rules of, of the citizenships, right? And so, under that particular rule or statute, they can do that. That's why they made those statutes. That's that's the trust law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That apply that applies that applies to their particular trust code. Correct. And so if you're playing their game, then you got to play by their rules, basically. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, you know, I I, I just want to let you and Jonah know, as always, bro, I appreciate y'all as mentors and teachers because y'all give us this information, y'all disseminate it, you know what I'm saying, to where even a brother like myself, no matter what level of knowledge or intelligence that you want, you can receive it and understand it as long as you do your due diligence. And I feel like over the years I've done mine. So you just reiterating that last half this evening was a lot for me. I appreciate it. I digested it. I'm going to go back and listen to it again, brother. But uh, I just want to send love and light to you and Jonah and peace to the God. No doubt. Peace, God. Uh, 313-590. What up? Peace to the gods. Peace, what up, bro? Yeah. Yeah. I'm great, man. Uh, yeah, you was cutting up. I'm, I'm doing wonderful, magnificent, and great, man. You know, as usual, I'm on the plantation. Just had a break, but uh, 
a lot of uh, good information. Uh, does that tie into uh, the 31 U.S.C. I the 30 no section 341 uh, the INA. Yeah, the INA. I'm glad to hear about you too. But when I dropped that part too about, about um, you know them, them not actually being able to deny people. Right, because, uh, yeah, I came upon that about a week ago, and then you started talking about it last week. So I'm like, shit, i got to be on the right track. <laughs> and then all the stuff you're saying right now is kind of... Go ahead, bro. No, you in the ballpark. Yeah, okay. All right, well, I'll talk to you on the private, though. Gotta get that together. Okay, no doubt. That other stuff. No doubt. I mean, but I appreciate you, man. I'm on the plantation grinding. I know you're a busy um, man, so I'll be trying to catch you when I can. Good. All right. Appreciate you and Joe, man. All right. Respect. Okay. All right. Peace, man. All right. All right, man. Call lines is wide open, y'all. Uh, I don't know if you have to take out no questions, if you have to sit back, chilling back. Call lines is wide open, so if y'all want to get in the highlight, but this is the time. Six one oh nine eight three, what up? Six one oh nine eight three. Peace to the God, Joey. How you doing, my brother? Good, good, God. How are you? I'm doing great. Wonderful, magnificent and great. Good. You know, I'm so happy and grateful that large sums of money and perfect health flows to us ASAP quickly and easily, my brother. For sure. Word. Word. Yeah, man. Sure, Great sure. topic as always. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> that little difficult. I, I really, I really didn't even yeah because of all the difficulties. I really didn't even get to get into it like I wanted to. But that's okay. Next week, for sure. That's alright. Shoot, we 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 still riding, man. We still here. Ain't nothing. We riding in the boat. We, we there. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, so Dope uh, topic, man. Yes. Yeah, I do. I got it. It's going to take us a while to do it because we really, really get through it. Cause I got, like I said, I got so much to drop on it. Um, even the court case, I just had to skim through the case. You know, I have to go a little deeper into this case. So just do That's like I said here with the passport, man. When people's getting our passports because you know they so-called expatriated, but they was born here. They had the suit. Um, could it be possibly a play of words in there somewhere where um, you know, people aren't being very clear on the word they're using in maybe their document. And that's being misconstrued when they get it up to that that place, and they're getting this stuff sent back. I mean, it could be something as small as that, I, right? I agree. I agree because it's like the whole thing about being a citizen. There is no state. There's no such thing technically as a state citizen. And then you yeah. say, well, why? Because because if you're born in the state, you're a national of that state, and then you be and then you become, um, you know, a United States citizen after that. Right. Damn, it's, it's weird. It's tricky. I was reading um when I was going through. I know it's that sovereign citizen stuff, man. Like getting caught up in being called that and all that. One of the court cases that I went through, 
the one that I won, they had they had checked me like that, and I had to tell them like, no, nah, that this is not that at all, for the record. Yeah, see, and on the record, people, most people for the record, yeah, because most people will go in there and won't even put the hope of renunciation on the record to show where they did come up out of the United States and went back into their state. Yes, went back in their state was key words, Joey, right there. So um, your native state. So okay, where that wherever that is in here that you're from, um, when you authenticate your birth certificate, um, right there it's being annexed, and that's going into that new territory. But then you become stateless, right? It's kind of in limbo and right there, right? Because you're not in trust, so you got to do it into a trust yeah, to a foreign state, yeah, right? That's right. Yeah, when you get annexed, you do become stateless. But you already are stateless anyway, as far as a U.S. citizen. U.S. citizen technically is stateless because that's a corporation. Oh, right. Okay, so that's where the play on words could happen, where we could get mixed up because... If we don't know the magnitude of that or what exactly that means or know how to exactly stand on that and use that, they could send our stuff back, like acting like we ain't, you know, asking for the right thing. Of course they can. They've done it before. That's why a lot of times, you know, anytime I get the fact that I always make sure to see a copy of their rules to show where, you know, to, to show what your particular nationality is. Like people in Delaware, they would be a native uh, Delawarean, right? Yeah. You in uh, yes. Hawaii, you'd be a Hawaiian, right? And it's funny because we call people Hawaiians all the time. You don't even know you're actually referring to them by their real nationality. Yeah. You know? Wisconsinite or Wisconsin, you know? Uh, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, Idaho. Well, shoot, I, I, I wanted to read something real quick. It, it, it was, um, it's another, it's another code. You always use, you always read, um, 1481, right? But I was looking at this 1452. Did you ever read that one? I'm not sure. Off the hand, read it. So, okay, this is 8 USC code 1452 oh, and this is citizenship. you see that yeah a person who claims they have derived their citizenship through naturalization of a parent or through naturalization uh, was a citizen by virtue upon but, but proof to the satisfaction of the secretary Mm-hmm. It will be actually upon this this rule will be the B section, which is um, application to oh, Secretary of State for Certificate of Non-Citizen yeah. National Status, right? Mm-hmm. Proof and the Oath of Allegiance. So it's very quick. It goes, a person who claims to be a national but not a citizen of the United States may apply to the Secretary of State for a Certificate of Non-Citizen National Status upon what? Mm-hmm. One. Proof to the satisfaction of the of the Secretary of State that the application that the applicant is a national but not a citizen of the United States. Okay. Yeah, and then and then it also says that the individual should be furnished by the Secretary of State with a certificate of non citizen national status, but only if the individual 
was at the time within the United States or its outlying possessions. So, you know, it's interesting, right, because when we talk about the Secretary of State, um, you know, we talk, you know, you have to ask yourself, which Secretary of State are we talking about? Right? So, so yeah, because you know, and that's really interesting, right? Because that's a federal law, and so you actually, if you have a certified copy of that, you actually can use that and apply it to your Secretary of State locally, right? And I'd even say you can even go to the Department of State. With the Department of State, they tell you that they don't create certificates of non citizen national status or they put it in a passport. So if you want to get a certificate from your state, you're gonna to have to actually do this, which which I think is fine. I, I think this is actually pretty good. So so then the question is, is okay, proof oath of allegiance. Well, we know that that's what we're talking about tonight, allegiance, right? The oath of allegiance is a is essentially some type of um, renunciation, some type of explanatory statement of who you are. Okay. Right. So yeah. and, and, and you know they hide they hide this shit. They don't really want people knowing. Bring up a very good point. This is actually pretty good. I think I have read this before, though. It's been a while. But this is good. I appreciate you bringing this up again because it goes right along with what we're talking about. That's what I'm saying. I think it goes right along with 1481 because mm-hmm. they're talking about the Secretary of State in 1481. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Application, and it also says that you can make an application to the Attorney General for a certificate of citizenship, too. In that, in the 1481, yes. Right. Okay, so you can make one to the Attorney General, and it also says you can make one to the Secretary of State. And then, where they were saying Attorney General, that was more like uh, for in times of war, correct? And right, well, yeah, I the person who claims to have derived the United States citizenship through naturalization. Of a parent, or through naturalization, or citizenship of a husband, or who is a citizen of the United States by virtue of the provisions of 1993 of the United States Revised Statutes, or Section 93 uh, of the United States Revised Statutes, as amended by Section 1 of the Act by virtue of the provisions of uh, the Nationality Act of 1940, uh, can apply to the Attorney General for a certificate of citizenship upon proof that the satisfaction of the Attorney General that the applicant is a citizen. And that the applicant's alleged citizenship is derived, right? So, and the, and the funny thing is, is I really feel like if you go to the attorney general, they're going to see, it, it, there's really, they actually do double speak here because on one hand, they tell you you can apply to the attorney general, right, that you're a citizen. But then they tell you to go to the secretary of state if you're a national or not a citizen. You see, 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 um, it's, uh, I'm a national, but not a citizen. <laughs> Secretary of State. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So, so, I always, I, I just want to give you some thanks again, man. Yeah, I want to give you some thanks because it was you who started me off and then put the battery in my back to, uh, Keep studying and I'm um, just keep my my you know my head to it. Keep going and going. I'm like Doris, so they keep going and going. 
Yeah, man. I, I love to say aha to myself each three like three times a day, man. I gotta get like three three of them. <laughs> I need three at least three ahas a day, bro. Cause uh, if I don't get the ahas or the W's, um, you know, and the, the 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 triumphs at these places where we going and doing things at, if I don't get them things, man, I feel like I ain't eat that day, man. <laughs> and just be able to send it into a man and just say this is what I'm saying <laughs> and you can get it recognized. Yeah, man, because that gives you the freedom to write what you feel. You know, you at least you can state the law that you're using and then you can say what you want to say and then cap it off yeah. and make it short and sweet, man. Correct, yep. You know, it just makes yeah. it so sweet, man. Um, yeah, 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 I appreciate it. I mean, thank you. I'm gonna say peace yeah. to the God with that one. Absolutely, you know? God. For our children 
happening to the dollar. The dollar is going down and it's not a pretty picture and it's not being sustained by proper policy and proper thinking. This was an opportunity and maybe an opportunity to show people what's happening with the dollar so that we can do something about it. Michael Haynes, CEO of AppMex, is the mastermind who hatched this plan. 
to us, cash, gold, they're the, basically the same asset. As we were negotiating this, we went to Mr. Trump, who I think is a very smart guy, and we presented him with some data, and you just heard him speak and say, it didn't take me very long to say, yes, I want the gold instead of the cash. Are you trying to line up any more deals like this? Well, as... as Personal as, or professional? Well, as we continue to expand our, our footprint here in New York, we're planning on taking some more space, hopefully, as our business continues to grow and we expand around the globe. And as we take on more obligations there, perhaps we'll be, we'll be required to give more gold as a security deposit. Mr. Trump is also ready to keep doing business in gold. I never thought this would happen. This is the first time it's actually happened, and maybe it's going to set a trend. A trend that would turn gold from just a safe haven investment and into a viable business alternative to the U.S. dollar. All right, all right, all right. First of all, guys, we're back. Uh, all right. Uh, so, make more comments about Tom if you want to get with me for the consultation. And we, uh, we have trust seals and trust logos available. If you need a logo for your trust, make sure you hit me up. We'll get that to you. Uh, call lines are wide open if you want to get with me. They wide open. They slip the night they're not, which is cool. I'm not tripping. Oh, so that's the case. We got 13 minutes left. I can get off early tonight. Okay? So, I'll say it like this. Press 1 if you want to get in. And holler at me. If not, hold your peace. And we'll, we'll, we'll do this next week, man. Hopefully, we'll have more people on next week. It must have been some football games or something like that. I don't know where everybody went right off to tonight. But, um, y'all know y'all can catch the replay. Apple Podcast, type in New Evolution Radio Network over there. And uh, you can also go to Blog Talk uh, backslash New Evolution Radio. Blog Talk Radio backslash New Evolution Radio. And you'll be able to find the replay over there as well. Uh, register for Atlanta. Atlanta's coming up. We'll be in Kansas City soon. And we're looking at doing Philly as well. All right. So, with that said, I ain't gonna hold y'all, y'all know how I do. I can get us out of here. I'll see y'all next week. Be on Friday. Uh, next week I'll be on Saturday again. Um, I didn't do a Saturday show this weekend. I had some stuff going on, so I will be on next Saturday for our entrepreneur show. Alright, so with that being said, man, I know y'all probably tired of hearing me tonight, so I'm up out of here. If there ain't no more questions or call-ups. Um, and I'm gonna say peace to y'all. Alright, I'll holler back. Peace.